Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. I want to thank everybody for once again taking some time out for the last week in mortgage today, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, myself and a uh, handpicked lender member of ours, just kind of going through all the latest in our industry over the course of the last week, spending a little time talking about the issues most pertinent to mortgage lenders as part of it as well. So super pleased this week to have uh, Lisa Lang, the F- SVP Mortgage Operations for Capital Bank here as our co-host this week. Lisa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rich. Capital Bank uh, in the D.C. area, um, Commercial Bank. Lisa, you guys will come up on close to a billion in mortgage production this year? We will. We're going to fund a billion by probably October 15th this year. So it's been a huge year for us. What's the real estate market just in general, like the D.C. area? Is it hopping? What's going on in the D.C.? very competitive. Um, We're actually lending all states, so we're noticing it everywhere, but in the D.C. area, the Eastern Shore area, we are seeing on um, purchase transactions, multiple contracts within a day. And we're starting to see escalation, you know, pauses. Um, we have to do quick turn times on purchases in order to be competitive. Less than 30 days. And now we're starting to see multiple requests for closing less than 25 days. Damn. Yeah. You weren't at, you weren't at the Amy Coney Barrett uh, Senate confirmation ceremony the other day for you. <laughs> I missed that because I need to work and stay healthy. So. Right. Yeah, well, it's probably good you weren't there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. Cool. Well, let's get into it. Um, the news of the week, really, in the mortgage industry. Um, you know, there was a lot of you know po- some more positive leading indicators that tend to. Uh, paint the picture that this fall and winter is going to be far from slow. We'll get into those in a moment. We had some uh, uh, independent, more large independent mortgage banks that went public or announced they were going to go public, kind of funnel up rocket mortgage. We had uh, United Wholesale and um, I believe uh, Caliber and Amerihome and Loan Depot all expected to, which changed the competitive landscape dramatically. That's something else I want to get into you with a little bit uh, as well. And, um, yeah. And then we're just going to talk through some of the industry issues everybody's dealing with right now related to business and return to work. So let's get after it. And anything I didn't mention or anything anybody wants to talk about again, uh, please feel free to share it via the chat and we'll get into it. So, so Lisa, let's start, um, by talking about just the way you, you see running operations for big bank and billion dollars in mortgage production, I mean, this fall and winter, I think we've seen enough indicators now to tell us we're, we're not getting, you know, the Game of Thrones winter is coming, uh, you know, doom and gloom, right? Yeah, we're, the expectation is, like everyone, that we will continue to stay extraordinarily busy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we're now starting to work on, in the next couple of weeks, our planning, you know, our numbers, staffing, all of that for 2021. Um, but I, as an organization, I think the senior leadership, executive leadership, the expectation is mortgage will have another strong year in 2021. Are you starting to think through, like, you know, it's looking like 2020 is going to be a record year for the mortgage industry. Who would have seen that coming? My God. 
Um, you know, so I can't imagine anybody in their right mind is going to be budgeting a bigger year, all things being equal growth and all that next year. But how are you, I guess, as you start the budget process, like 75% of this year, 50 or like, have you got that far yet? How you're looking at 21 from a production standpoint? We haven't gotten that far yet. Um, but we have like probably most people been able to, we've been fortunate where we've been able to add some additional resources to handle our capacity and all departments, we have a huge push for cross-training so we can leverage employees in different departments to kind of have offset a lot of the volume that we're seeing. And we really, our model just isn't typically that we just hire a bunch of people to let a bunch of people go. We like to scale and grow. Um, and with that, a lot of our staff takes on additional volume, but knowing when it turns, we don't have massive layoffs either. So it's we're continuing to try and come to a number to have that balance for next year as well. It's tough. I mean, having worked for banks over the years, like banks don't like to lay people off and that's a great thing. Um, but it doesn't necessarily jive with the cyclical nature of the mortgage industry. Um, you know, I'd argue that is an advantage that IMBs have had from time to time in the industry, just their willingness, ability to ramp up, ramp down. And, um, what about, and now another thing that just we've heard members is outsourcing. You know, that's been a tool that a lot of members have used this year to not have to just hire, 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 fire, fire, fire. Is that something you've we done do. at all? Yep. We leverage our third-party resources. For instance, we leverage closing. We have in-house closers, but we also leverage a closing company for that exact reason. Um, we also will utilize our MI partners for underwriting as well. Um, and I utilize a post-closing department for our final documents. Um, actually, they're a member of TMC, but, um, and that's been a huge benefit for the back end as well. So anywhere I can leverage our third-party resources, we do. Okay, cool. Any We have so many depository members that are like, listen, I would love to outsource. I would love to do this. I would love to do that. Like, I can't get our CEO to go along with it. Any advice on uh, how you sell that? Well, I break, do a cost analysis. You know, I break down what I pay people in overtime and, you know, bonuses um, in long-term and short-term. So I basically do a budget and I present it to the CEO. So taking this topic a step further, I was just having this conversation um, with somebody a couple of days ago. Like if you go back nine months, a year, <clears throat> you know, I think most of us thought like, you know, the mortgage operations process, the mortgage manufacturing process would be infinitely less human three years from now. Um, and that we'd have machines and AI and, you know, um, doing a lot of the things that, that human beings are doing now. Yet we've had this year where people are just hiring mortgage operations personnel like crazy. Um, what, how do you feel like that plays out? I mean, ultimately, I think what we what I talked about initially is still going to happen, right? I mean, I think you get nobody to disagree with the fact that the mortgage manufacturing process will be more automated in the future. You have these companies that are staffed to the gills. How and when do you think like the rubber meets the road there? So for us, we're constantly um, 
daily, almost every meeting in different departments, we're always looking at how we can leverage our technology and streamline our processes. So mortgage, um, even for us, we were, we had a lot of technology plans this year and obviously we had the influx in volume. And while those are still on track, all of them won't be completed by Q4 because we just haven't had the capacity to do it. Um, all departments though, from who we use in our, we have a marketing team, um, we have technology on our post-closing side. So we're looking at leveraging all of our resources for technology going forward. We just aren't there yet. So we're not, we still have the human component, which we'll always need because the data is as good as what we put in. Um, and I think it's also shown in capacity. There's a lot of human error, even when they're inputting from the technology aspect. But there's no question as more of the future of mortgage is going to be technology. Um, for us personally, we have said from the sales initiative and ops, we are we actually have a project team working on our technology initiatives. They're just not going to be all done by this year and probably next year. And they're, there's when we start down the road and then there's things that we tweak along the way and say, well, maybe this would be a better way. You know, it's actually been a benefit for us for all the volume we have. So we're able to capture a lot more scenarios than we would have been in a slower market as we build out our digital process. Awesome. Thanks, Lisa. Um, someone that's always been an advocate for small to medium-sized lenders and now I'm running a company that is comprised of small to medium-sized lenders. I got to say, I am a bit worried about how the competitive landscape in our industry may shift um, in the coming years. So you look at this cycle we're in right now and, you know, capital banks making great, every single one of our members is making great money right now. Um, they're so consumed with just closing deals and, you know, getting to the next day. Um, the large lenders in America, you know, we think Capital Bank and, you know, ABC Mortgage are making a lot of money. Picture how much money these mega lenders are making. Um, now you have a lot of them, two already announced, likely another three or four that will go public. Well, they will be just infused with a lot more cash. Um, <clears throat> so where I'm going with all this is let's think of how this plays out. There's only one reason a company goes public. It is to get more money to grow and scale. And, and uh, I got to be honest with you, I'm worried that we could be going back to like worse than the too big to fail you know, where you had all these big money center banks that were controlling a lot of the mortgage business. Um, how do you look at the competitive landscape, you know, as a, a key leader for a depository with, with a big mortgage operation? We're constantly, um, the executive team, the senior management team, we're always looking at the competitive, you know, landscape and we actually had a meeting on it yesterday and on, you know, we all know the companies you just mentioned, but I think each company has a strategic plan themselves. I know for us, we have certain marketing initiatives and technology initiatives that we haven't launched um, intentionally because we don't need to do those right now. 
um, when the market changes, which it always does, we'll phase in our next stages of how we're going to continue to capture business. So we have, we're running two plans, you know, how we deal with the current market. And then when the market and landscape changes, how we're going to implement, you know, future growth and business coming in. So we have two models that we're actually working right now. Because we do know at some point, regardless if you're a bigger organization, a smaller organization, the market always changes. It never stays the same. So you have to have a plan for all scenarios. Yeah, and some other news that just it kind of flew under the radar this week. I don't know why it flew under the radar because to me it's huge news. But uh, a marketing services agreement between Rocket Mortgage and Realtor.com mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the fact that more people aren't talking about this underscores my fear that, um, you know, what what could be looming and what people aren't really focused on right now. I mean, you know, more details unlikely to come because it's a marketing agreement. Right. But, um, you know, my guess is that anybody that's looking at a home on Realtor.com, they are going to very prominently and uh, smartly, um, be, you know, prompted to get pre-approved for that home with, with rocket, obviously right on their phone or their, their mobile. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, like the, um, the borrowers you don't know you're losing, you know, uh, that, that is my fear of the future is that, uh, you know, it could be somebody that capital banks financed their last two homes through, and one of your LOs talks to them a year from now and, hey, we just bought another house. Oh, yeah, I did it on my phone. I, I, I didn't even think about, you know, uh, am I crazy? Is this, uh, you know, am I tinfoil hat here? Is there anything to what I'm saying? I think there's definitely something to what, you know, it's just like now a lot of the big companies you see for NFL football or wherever. They're, they always have been that way where they're advertising. Um and it's always been that way. So I think it's going to be more competitive, you know, with more of these mergers. But I also think there's always going to be enough business. You just have to find your niche and market. And marketing is going to be a huge component for any lender. Um, fortunately, we do have a marketing team. Like I said, we've actually held back on we have three huge marketing initiatives that we just haven't launched yet because it, we don't need to do that yet. And we don't have the capacity to handle the additional volume yet. So I think it's a lot of companies to be competitive are going to have to look at a different way of doing business, whether it's marketing or who you're marketing to or what areas you want to lend in. It's just not going to be now how you can walk outside and business is just coming to you. So as those companies get more creative and take up more market share, the rest of us will have to do that also. Great points. And yeah, I agree. I like if, if you don't have a kick butt marketing person in this business right now. Um, yeah, to me, that is a uh, increasingly vital role each day. Uh, I had a question come in for you, Lisa. Lisa, how do you see 2021 playing out when forbearance expires for home loans, student loans, and credit cards? Evictions are allowed for renters not paying rent. 
basically ripping off the Band-Aid. What uh, are your thoughts on all of that? So honest answer is I'm concerned um, about it. I'm starting to see even actually, and I had a meeting with my managers in the last couple of weeks, we're seeing a lot more forbearance requests. Um, I was, we're seeing more now than we did initially at the beginning of COVID. So 2021, to answer your question, is going to, we're going to see a lot more of that. And all lenders are going to have to decide what their risk level is going to be for that. Um, I, for us currently, we are not doing any loans in forbearance. If anybody has had a forbearance in the last 90 days, we will not originate and close that loan. So it's something I'm watching closely, um, but 2021, I think is gonna be absolutely more prevalent than what we're even seeing now. Lisa, let's talk about uh, the work from home thing. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I think like March, April, May, people are like, oh my God, this is great. Productivity's up, people love it. And, you know, you get into this part of the year and it's just like, oh my God, like, all right, uh, how do I maintain stickiness and culture with my staff and everybody's burnt out? Um, how has that gone for you in general, Capital Bank? And then two, are you starting to talk about returning people? What, what's your philosophy on that? So mortgage, we are actually the pilot division for the return to office 2021. We are not even thinking of having anybody return to the office before January of 2021. Mortgage, as everybody knows, so the office has been incredibly busy. We've seen a lot of productivity out of people because people are just working nights, weekends, around the clock. We are now starting to put together a, what does a return to office look like? Um, actually, I just started digging into this last week. Um, so I'm in the process of it. I have some departments that probably will never return to the office. And then I have some that will probably be a hybrid. And I have some that may be monthly or quarterly. And those would be like the monthly quarterly would probably be some managers and sales managers because I do for myself personally. And I think oh, we've sent surveys out through SurveyMonkey to our staff. People do want to be able to see their peers um, and at least have the option every once in a while. So we are working on developing that plan. For instance, um, through all of COVID now, the only department that's been in our office is post-closing because that's been a department that just is a little more labor and paper intensive. But that's the department we're also focusing on automating as much as we can right now. <clears throat> Thanks, Lisa. A um, couple other questions. Uh, Lisa, do you know what percentage of your forbearances are for non-owner occupied because the renter is not paying rent? I actually can't, don't have an exact number because we, and I can dig into it, but we have not been doing any loans in forbearance. So when a loan officer takes a loan and we see it on the credit report, and I think everybody sees it will say natural disaster. Um, we have what we call an exception form, and that has to be submitted to the head of secondary, myself, and head of underwriting. And we have not been moving forward with this, those loans at this time. We got a question coming about, do you hear anything about HARP returning? I have not heard anything. I think it would have to get worse, like a lot, with a decent amount worse than it is now for 
in terms of the forbearance numbers and, and I haven't heard of that return um, you mentioned something earlier I wanted to circle back around to, which is cross training. And, you know, you talk about how do you maintain efficiency through different types of volume cycles without just hiring and firing like a madman and, you know, having a cross trained, versatile staff is, is clearly one of the answers there. How are, but, you know, I, I've just, I've, I've heard from some members that if it's training new employees or cross-training existing employees, their frustration level at the, how much more difficult it is to do all that virtually. We, fortunately, we've been utilizing Zoom and GoToMeetings. So I really haven't had, with the training, um, any negative feedback on that. I actually think most of our employees, it gives them the opportunity to see people face-to-face, so they embraced it. And we have had a couple we have loan officer assistants um, on the front end, but they also know our back end for closing. Like they'll go into the office and they're happy to see people. Um, and we've had a member of our secondary team jump in and help on the shipping side when they got busy. Um, and anytime anybody went in the office and left, they were happy. That's why that human connection still plays a part. It really motivated them to do it. Like they were happy to do it. They learned something new. And it almost re-energized those individuals. But when we're onboarding new people, for instance, we've onboarded a couple underwriters right now. We just don't send a go-to meeting with no face with the you know name. It's either Zoom or GoTo. So they and they have team meetings with their team, like the underwriter to be on there, the underwriting manager. So you can feel like you're part of the team and not just a number sitting in your house. And something else you mentioned earlier that I wanted to circle back to was just the competitive climate, um, just how hard you're fighting and competing for every deal. And, um, you know, a lot of requests to close purchase loans in 20, 20, less than 30 days. Um, In this kind of climate, um, you know, I mean, I guess what are some of the things that you're you know, obviously it boils down to the information you get up front from the borrower and through the LO. And um, has technology improved that process, in your opinion? And uh, what are some of the things you're doing up front to uh, put yourself in as good a position as possible to be able to close these quick, quick purchase deals? So any purchase deal that has to close in less than 30 days has to be approved by myself and also my processing manager and underwriting manager. So the loan officer would send the request and we, the expectation is they get the initial documents. We have a checklist of what we need in the file and then it goes on everybody's radar. So, and I can track it through the system because we don't ever want to miss a purchase closing date. So we don't, hence that's why we need the approval. So we can track that loan and make sure it gets through the process. and the processing manager will assign it to someone or she'll take it herself on the less than 30 days. And then the underwriting manager, it's on her radar. So she knows to sign it out or she'll do it herself just so we can hit those closing dates on time for purchases. We know that at some point, I mean, nobody knows when, but refinances will dissipate. So we need to be strong in our purchase execution. Awesome. Had another question come in for you, Lisa. Do you know of any third-party training companies of loan officer assistants? Not of loan officer assistants. Um, 
it's funny because as everybody gets busy with training and, you know, we also looked at third parties um, and those were just hard to curtail to our business model. So we spent a lot of time training our department managers so then they could, you know, train the trainers um, and they trained. And everybody's system is a little bit different. So our LOA manager will train our LOA assistants. And she will also, pair, it just happens to be a sheet. Um, she'll also pair them up with another LOA and they can share screens and things of that nature and different types of loans so the person doesn't feel like training's done, you know, and they don't have any other resources. <clears throat> uh, we had somebody chime in. I think Zinix has an LO assistant training program on the chat. So, hello or hello, you said LOA. Yeah, yep, for Zinix. So, um, so we got just a couple minutes left. If anybody has any other comments, questions, uh, this would be the time for them. But, uh, so Lisa, I wanted to end by so your pretty decorated career in, in mortgage ops. Um, any, you know, things this year, like aha moments or things you implemented that were particularly effective or, um, you know, and it's been a crazy wild uh, roller coaster ride here since mid-March. Mid Are there uh, any things you would, you would specifically point to that really has helped you at Capital Bank navigate these last six, seven months in particular? In April, I've of last year is when the ticket, you know, turned on. And fortunately, we were already in the process of, you know, bringing on some third-party vendors, um, cross-training. Those are some of the things that really saved us because until we were able to add the additional resources, we really had to leverage those people. And we also, you know, March, as we know, everybody went remote overnight. And in the beginning, we had a lot of, I don't know if I can do this, I miss being in the office, but then we were fortunate that mortgage has been so busy that everybody settled down, just jumped in and did what they needed to do. But we also communicate constantly. Well, we just, um, all the department managers, you know, we Zoom with their team to keep them engaged. They do go-to meetings. We also would, you know, send some gift cards and, you know, lunches and things like that to try and still make people feel like they were everybody is a team even though everybody's not together all the time um some of our team members did zoom happy hours and you know we're continuing to do those kind of things even 28 weeks in great communication cross training outsourcing uh little things to keep your op staff from freaking out sounds like uh, good advice to me so underwriting we just they were like most everybody that team was definitely strain for a while, but they're now, we were able to hire some additional resources. And so now they're in a good spot too. Underwriters in the DC area, what are they making? Like three, 400,000 a year? <laughs> I know. It's definitely been competitive for that. But it was also oh. an opportunity to promote some people within and train. You know, we have one person that was like a processing supervisor that was ready to make that step into underwriting. So we were able to leverage that as well. Awesome. Lisa Lang, SVP Mortgage Operations, Capital Bank. Always enjoy talking the business with you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Thanks for hosting, Rich. Yeah, absolutely. And to our attendees, thank you very much for taking some time out. Um, same place, same time. 
next week for the last week in mortgage today. Thanks and have a great afternoon, everyone. Have a great week. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.